0: My name is Reverend Christopher Cooper, and I am the campus minister at North Carolina Central University in Durham, North Carolina. And I am great to be gracious to be here with you today, um, man. I used, when I first came down here, Grace was one of the churches that used to invite me to preach all of the time. Um, so they were always welcoming. You were always loving. And you were always, man, just supportive. And I just want to say, I appreciate that. And I appreciate that until this day. Um, So I am grateful to come here and preach the word of God. Amen. Amen. So first and foremost, what we're going to do is we're going to read the text, which will be found in Philippians first chapter 12 through the 18th verse. Then I will pray and then we will get into the sermon. Amen. Amen. Now, I don't know what it is here, but do you guys stand when the text is read or do you sit? Oh, well, stand with me. (laughs) can't remember. Again, we'll be coming from Philippians first chapter 12 through the 18 verse. It says, I want you to know, brothers. That what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of the selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed. And in that I rejoice. Yes, and I will rejoice. Scripture tells us that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out the mouth of God. Let us pray. Father God, grateful for the opportunity to come and worship with your people this morning, Father God. Father God, I am asking that your Holy Spirit does what it does, Father God, that it leads us and guide us into all truth, Father God, while we're walking in this dark world, that it convicts us in your righteousness, Father God, because so many times we can get caught up into the lies Holy Spirit, soften the heart of men, Father God, so that the word of God, which is a seed, may be firmly rooted in our hearts, Father God, and produce a tree of fruitfulness, not for our glory, Father God, but for your glory alone. Put Chris Cooper behind the cross. Allow your glory to show forth, Father God, and let the word help each and every individual get understanding. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. You may be seated. As we look at Philippians first chapter 12 through the 18 verse it reminds me of a particular movie that I enjoy almost every week. Now, I am a movie buff. I'm somebody who, you know, a part of my free time and my hobby is, you know, to go on HBO Max or Netflix and just enjoy a good movie while my wife is asleep and my kids are asleep and I'm up in the late night. I just need movies. I just love it. And the movie I like to reference today is called 300. Now, 300, <laughs> hold on, I heard somebody say, yeah. Um. So 300 is this movie, right? It, it's about uh, 300 men, soldiers, some of the best who are from Sparta. And it's a guy named King Leonidas, And... Uh, This individual is all about all things that he represents toughness. He's all about, you know, being a warrior. He's all about loving his wife. He's all about, quote unquote, what Sparta is supposed to be. How is it supposed to be portrayed and what it does when suffering comes its way? So this king, he is actually dealing with a dilemma. The king Xerxes from Persia, who has probably the biggest army who who has, you know, conquered many lands is coming for the land of Sparta. So he takes his 300 men and he basically goes on a mission where he knows he's going to fail where he knows that the end result probably won't be victory, where he knows, man, when I go here, I have a son, I have a wife. I'm I'm probably going to lose my life. But guess what? There is something that I want the people to see. There is something that I want them to believe in. And the main thing he wants them to do is just gather together and fight for the freedoms of Sparta. See, as the battle goes on, right? He has a lot of victories. His men do a lot of crazy things. They overcome the odds so many different times. But before they get down to the end, he does something that is so smart. He sends one of his soldiers who is a historian and a storyteller back to Sparta to tell them about the deeds that they have done that they have overcome the odds, that they have had some victories. And he also understood that probably he was going to probably lose this next battle. And as he loses the battle, he, he, he cuts the other king who thought he was God and he shows that he was a mere man and that he bled. But the biggest thing that he did and send the historian back is that he foretold of the stories of the 300 so that they could fight for their freedom, so that they could fight back and not just run away and not just give away their land. He understood that what he was fighting for was for the advancement of something else bigger than himself. Think about this. What if we had the mindset of Christians and the understanding that what our lives represent and the way we talk to people, the uh, manner worthy of life that we have represents something so much bigger than ourselves, that the struggles we go through, that, that the life we walk in, the different griefs and the different things that cause us to feel uneasy, that it is all for the advancement of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Many times as human beings, we're, we're not thinking about that. We're, we're thinking of our own selves. We're, we're thinking of our own selfishness. We're thinking of how we're going to react. But don't you know, God has it all in control. And as we get to this 12th verse of Philippians, we, we come to understanding in that verse that our suffering advances the gospel. Our suffering advances the gospel. Paul is currently in jail he is currently in one of the worst places of his life he has been falsely accused he, he has been persecuted, he, he is not walking in justice at this very moment. Matter of fact, in his life, there are some injustices, right? Because people have lied on him, all because he has proclaimed the gospel of Jesus Christ. No longer is he walking in freedom, but now he is chained up, he is bound, and not only is he bound, but man, he even has the imperial guard, he has soldiers guarding his cell, he He is not your normal jail person. At this very moment, it doesn't seem like Paul should have the mindset of thinking about the advancement of the gospel. But at this very moment, it seems like he should have the mindset of like, man, woe is me. Why is this happening, man? I don't understand what's going on. All I'm doing, Jesus, is proclaiming Christ. And yet it seems like more and more is coming upon me. Why do I have to bear this cross? Why do I have to deal with this suffering? I don't understand. He has every right to feel like that. But don't you know his mindset is, hey, this is not about me, but this is for the advancement of the gospel. He is actually showing that he has an appreciation for the suffering that he understands that I can still have joy in this suffering. Why? Because it's not about me, but it is about Christ being glorified. He's even to the point that the way he's handling this thing within jail is that imperial guards are getting <laughs> the gospel of Christ. He, he must be witnessing, which in Acts 2 it says, hey man, in Acts 1 it says, I shall give you power to what? To be my witnesses. He must be witnessing the gospel to the guards, to the other jail people. He is witnessing the gospel in the way he's handling it. He is witnessing the gospel in his smile. He is witnessing the gospel by the way he speaks. He is witnessing the gospel and it is affecting every everything around them Imagine if we took the same mindset that when we're going through something, when we're dealing with things, that when we go to our school, when we go to our jobs, whether we go to our churches because people are struggling there, whether we go just get a hamburger right at Hardee's or something like that, that people see the way we are walking. People see the encouragement from our mouth. People see how we act. People see how we handle things. And they say it's something different. And we can say the difference is Jesus Christ. No matter what I'm going through, no matter what I'm struggling with, guess what? The difference is Jesus Christ, and it's all made for his glory and the advancement of the gospel. In 2 Timothy, second chapter 8 through 10, Paul writes this as he's writing to Timothy through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. right? remember Jesus Christ risen from the dead. The offspring of David as preached in my gospel for with I am suffering bound with chains, a criminal. Oh, but I like this. But the word of God is not bound. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, the covenant people, those who love Christ. Right. That they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. You may feel like your life has chains on it. You you may feel like you you're in jail mentally, physically, whatever it may be. You may feel like that the pain and suffering that you're going through right now is unbearable. But don't you know the word doesn't have those chains? That that you can still have the joy of the Lord, that that you can still talk about Jesus Christ and the gospel, even though you're suffering those things. Don't you know that the word will still do its work? Paul understood that no matter where I am, no matter where my life is at right now, that the word of God is never restricted, though my life seems like it's restricted that the gospel can change hearts, that the gospel can transform minds, that the gospel can make a difference no matter how messed up our lives are. Why? Because we endure so that others may see the salvation of the Lord. We endure so that others may see the salvation of the Lord. I am so grateful that Jesus Christ endured until the end for our salvation and he caused us to do the same to endure so that others may know whom he is, whose we are, baby, that other people can see the gospel and all through our lives. The question is, do you believe your suffering advances the gospel? Do do, do you believe in your heart that no matter where I am in life, man, no matter what I'm going through, that if I just keep my trust in the Lord and and I keep enduring and I keep in that it is an advancement of the gospel that people see through me the glory of Christ. Paul is telling us, yes, in this text. He's telling us because of my life. No longer are people bound by fear, but they are proclaiming the word. No longer are lives changed, like chained up, right? Restricted. But because of the word of God, even guards is getting saved. Even people who are in jail are getting saved. The salvation of the Lord is still there. He's telling us that he's encouraging us that through the text. And and then I love the way he kind of switches it up, right? I'm in jail. I'm struggling. And because I'm here, no longer am I out there right in the real world on my missionary walk, in a sense, and going from place to place. Right. The word is not bound, but I am. And then he starts to talk about other individuals who are going out, preaching the gospel and proclaiming the gospel. And he tells us, man, rejoice for the gospel being preached. We we rejoice because the gospel is actually being preached and taught out there. Right. And, And he tells us, look, I'm going to rejoice. But he also gives us three truths. One truth is some preach the gospel from a distorted and selfish heart. It tells us right here, some preach the gospel right from envy and rivalry. They're comparing themselves to Paul. Right. He's letting us know that some preach the gospel because they want to afflict Paul. They, they want him to feel like he was worthless or that they were better than him. Some people preach the gospel because they see Paul is down. And guess what? It's my opportunity to look great. Hey, I don't know about you, but I have met a lot of people like that. And the truth is sometimes that can be us. Right. Oh, I've been looked down upon. I, you know, they don't understand my gift. They don't know who I am. So when the opportunity hits, when somebody gets in the background, a lot of people like to step up and make sure they get their name out. The truth is, some people do preach the gospel from a distorted hell, from selfishness, from je- jealousy, from competitiveness. And it's from Greed. But then he lets us also know another truth that some preach the gospel from a good heart. They they preach it because they actually love the Lord thy God with all their heart, with all their soul and with all their mind they preach it just like Paul right to defend the gospel because man they know the gospel changes life they preach the gospel because within them the spirit is working in them and man it is convicting them to what preach the gospel it happens the third truth from this he tells us is that hey we rejoice that the gospel is getting preached. Right? He basically tells us Proverbs 16:2, that all the ways of men are pure in His own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirit. He's letting us know, you can't be concerned about the motives of other people's hearts. Now, this is not to say that he doesn't also write in the scripture that one should be of a pure heart that one should walk in holiness while proclaiming the gospel but many times we assume different things about different people not knowing what their true motive is and he's letting us know hey you are not god god is the one who weighs the motives of the heart. You can't control if somebody is preaching the gospel out of selfishness, right? You can't control those things if somebody is stepping up to preach the gospel in comparison. Matter of fact, even though you like your pastor and you like those who preach the gospel, you don't even know how their heart is. But what I do know is if the gospel and the purity of it is being proclaimed that Jesus died on the cross and he rose again the gospel is being preached correctly, then guess what? I will rejoice. I will rejoice. Because, man, if that word is right, if that word is true, if that word is pure, then guess what? It is convicting the hearts of men. It is pricking them to cry out, amen, to confess and profess Christ. And it is leading them to a savior and a cross that we all know we need. So I rejoice in the fact that it is going to every nation. I, I rejoice in the fact that the purity of the gospel is spreading throughout the streets. I rejoice in the fact that people are getting to know who Jesus Christ. I rejoice in that. So so we understand our suffering advances the gospel. That, yes, some people preach out of a distorted heart. Some people preach out of a good heart. That's for the glory of God. But we are grateful that the gospel is being preached because God knows the hearts of men and whether good or unpure. Amen. He's the judge of that. He'll convict that. But if it's the purity of the gospel, then people are seeing the cross. And how do we know this is true? Because Jesus is the gospel. Jesus is the gospel. I am so grateful that when we partook of the fruit, right, and sin crept in, right? That there was proclaimed to be a person who would come and stomp on the head of the servant I I am so grateful that that Jesus came to this earth amen I am so grateful that he, he took the lashes on his side and, and the thorns around his head and I am so grateful that he carried his cross right which was heavy which was burdened on top of him that hallelujah I am so grateful that he hung there and that He took the nails in his hands and took the nails in his feet I am so grateful that the spear pierced his side. I, I am so grateful that he suffered for our salvation. I am so grateful that he didn't say, Father, I can't do this anymore. But he said, not my will, Father, but your will be done. I am so grateful that he hung his hand and he said, it is finished. And that he resurrected on the third day. Amen. And then when he came back, he it was a plethora of witnesses. His saw him and then and spoke to him. And then realize he is the son of God. He is the Christ. I am so grateful that he sent the helper, the Holy Spirit, which is empowers us to be witnesses. I am so grateful that Jesus finished the job and that he became the gospel that we preach. I firmly believe Paul can feel like this because if it wasn't for Jesus and what he'd done in his life. If it wasn't for Jesus, because he was one of those individuals who was the persecutor. He was one of those individuals who was out there stopping the gospel message from from going all throughout the land. He was one of the individuals who who was seeing martyrs. He was one of the individuals who was also stopped. And Jesus said, why do you persecute me? He was one of the individuals who understood that if it wasn't for Jesus Christ being the gospel in our lives, him dying and resurrecting, then guess what? Where would I be? Because when you come from that place and you realize how messed up and how much at enmity with God you were and that the gospel was spoken to you and that that spirit pricks your heart and you profess faith, then no matter where you go, no matter what you do, no matter how messed up my life is, no matter how much suffering I have to burden, I will rejoice and I will proclaim Christ and it's all for his glory and it's all for the advancement of the gospel. What I love is when Jesus Came back, he, he gave this to his disciples. He we all call it the Great Commission, right? <laughs> in St. Matthew, and I put down here starting at 18B, because it's in the middle, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptize them. In the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always till the end of the age. That he sits on the right hand of God the Father and he is with us till eternity, that until he comes back. And we are empowered by the Holy Spirit, which is continuing to empower us to be witnesses so that we can go what make disciples that that baptizing can happen, that we can help people grow in Christ through their sanctification, man, that we can do all of these things, understanding that our life is not ours. Our life is not ours. Our story. Is being written. Not just for ourselves. And our families. But but on some level, just like King Laronidas, our stories is bigger than that. Gracefully written. Not to show that we were perfect because we're all not. Right? Not to show that we are somebody that you should glorify us. No, that's not to reason. But it's gracefully written that when we we get in that grave, right, but we'll be with our father. People can say, man, I see how Christ was glorified in their life. How Christ was glorified in their life. Is that not what everybody wants? That's that's what I want. So I leave you with this. What you going through, what you suffering with, no matter how it has you right now, believe me this, man, it is for the advancement of the gospel. Keep that in mind. The way you go through suffering Right. The way you do things, man, keep Christ in mind. Right. Because it's for the advancement of God. Somebody is watching you. I think about this all the time on a college. Somebody is watching you. And they are taking notes and they are paying attention. And Paul is an example to let us know no matter how bad it is. No matter how restricted you are. Guess what? I have joy. Guess what? I'll preach the gospel. Guess what? I'll witness. Why? Because it's for the advancement of the gospel. And then rejoice in the fact that the gospel is being preached. I know we don't agree sometimes with people's lives and we have our own assumptions and things of that nature. And guess what? Sometimes you can be right. But also have the understanding that there's people preaching the gospel out of a good heart. Our job is to understand that God He's the one who knows the motives of people's hearts. But if they are preaching a gospel that is pure and that is true and that it is reaching people, then Paul says, hey, man, rejoice. Rejoice. Because that gospel is not restricted by their faultiness. That gospel is not messed up by whom they are. Why? Because the purity of gospel has no restrictions, no matter how bound up I am. And it is reaching the hearts of men and it is changing the lives of many. And we can stand in this because Jesus is the gospel. And we know how the gospel has changed our own lives. Amen, let us pray. Lord, hallowed be your name. There is no name above yours. There is none in comparison to your glory, to who you are, Father God. And we come humbly before your throne of grace. Asking, Father God, that you strengthen us for the walk ahead. Father God, give us the mindset of understanding that this life that we walk is is not for our own, Father God, but it is for your glory. Father God, it's for people to see who you are, Father God. It's for people to see how Jesus has changed our lives, Father God. It is for people to see how Jesus has transformed our minds, Father God. It is for people to see that in any circumstance that we go through, in any suffering, any struggles, Father God, in anything that is causing us, Father God, to feel uneasy, that we've rested upon a Savior who gives us peace, who gives us love, who gives us grace just to make it and step another day, Father God. Give us the mindset to know that in all that we do, it's for the glory of you and for the advancement of the gospel. Help us rejoice in the fact that the gospel, even until today, is reaching all lands, Father God, all nations, Father God. And it is pricking the hearts of men, Father God, to see the cross of Christ, hallelujah, and to be saved. And we are grateful and we rejoice, Father God, because we know that it was Jesus who saved us, who saw us sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, Father God, who picked us up and loved us, Father God. And until this day continues to keep us, sustain us, Father God, and let us keep ourselves wrapped in Christ. We love you and we need you. In Jesus' name, amen.